I've brought people on board and I've given them as much as I possibly can. And this hasn't worked. Do you know what I mean? So I just, I literally, it was a lot of like time and energy had gone into it. I invested in it all. So if they had travel, I'd pay for their travel. If they had, I'd pay for it all. Like I was like, I don't want anyone to feel like they, they have a barrier to like get into this. So even with their tops and stuff, I pay for their tops. I customize their tops because that's what I do. I gave everyone a little bag for their, um, for their lens caps and their lenses and stuff. Cause I was like, when we go out on shoots, like you want to put it down on the table. Like photography bags are really like dark. They're easy to miss and people would knock over stuff in the dark. But so the bags were like blue, like they were actually Ankara because I'm Nigerian. It was actually blue Ankara with like gold on it. So it was like very bright. Like, and I made it for everybody. I was like, guys, this is the problems that I see. So here's the problems that I'm solving for you. Like I put a lot of time and energy and effort into it and it just it felt flat on its face. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Brown, and you're listening to the Everyl Podcast. Each episode, we'll have a different guest come on and talk about when life hands you an L, is it really a loss or is it something L? Because not every L's a loss. So sit back, relax, and do whatever you guys do to get comfortable. As we get into this, let's go. Welcome everyone to another episode of Every Old Podcast where we have different guests come on and talk about their own personal experiences. Now, if you look at life and treat it as if it was binary, where it was a straight black and white, and you know, let's call white an L black a w you got all your ducks in a row you get everything prepped ready you're going to this concert you're going to this promotion you're going for whatever it is you're going for but it doesn't go the way you want it to not by any fault of your own but it just didn't happen you'd more likely say that i was an l right you got the white l right there you're vexed you're not happy but life's not like that realistically things are not binary things are not always fair it's just how life is but we're so consumed by our own thoughts, our own experience, our own everything. That's not a bad thing, but it's just sometimes we don't pick up our head and look around and see what other people are going through. And even when we do, not everyone's willing to share it for reasons of pride, cultural pressures, or multitude of things. But on this platform, we're all about trying to let people talk about what they feel comfortable talking about, talk about some of the L's that they feel they copped in life, and see if, upon reflection, if they're still considering the L. As everyone would know, if you've listened to more than one episode, I always have fantastic guests and this person is no exception. <laughs> I make no bones about calling it fantastic because my podcast, if you don't like it, then I ain't changing for you. <laughs> but this person, I haven't even met in real life, just like a lot of people in general, because we're in the generation of internet and whatnot. However, I feel that we get on so well naturally. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like an effort. It's not a drag. It's mm. just, she's into skating. And, I, and for those that don't know, I've been skating since I was in my teens and you burn a whole heap of calories skating, man. I look slim <laughs> and trim and don't look at me now because, boy, that's, the, that's, the, they say black makes you look thinner. And trust me, I don't look thin and I'm black. So it's, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. But I, I guess I stopped skating a, about a decade ago as hard as I did just because of the location of where I'm at it's just full of heels and it's just not nice but just listen to her podcast and 
when she does her stories about just going out and skating and doing the things like that, it just brought back waves of emotions and feelings. And I can picture, I could smell, I could taste what I was doing when I was skating. And am I living my life through her? Probably am. But <laughs> it's the fact that it's just nice to have someone like that. And then when I just hear her talk and as she might put it, just ramble, I just find solace in it where it's just, it's nice to know it's not just me that does that, where you're talking and there's no real structure to what you're saying. You just open your mouth and whatever words fall out in that order is so be it. Like that's it. And it's hard to find people that you feel like, I honestly think if I was a girl, that would probably be me. <laughs> I'd like to think so. I'd be better looking, thankfully, <laughs> but it's nice to know that you can just meet people who you think like, do you know what? I like you. You're unapologetic about who you are, how you've come across. And I think it's, I, correct me if I'm wrong, obviously I don't, I don't know you that well, but it feels like you've reached that place where you're not watching for other people no more. You're watching after yourself. And that is something that I really appreciate about you. So I love what you're doing. I love all the different endeavors you're doing that I'm aware of. And yeah, I'm just grateful that you found the time to jump on and to, share your L's. But before we crack on and get into this, I have Tori. Tori is like that girl, right? She is that girl. She dresses the way she dresses. She's rocking the glasses that she rocks. She's always got the headphones on. She can take a hoodie off with her headphones still on and her glasses. I'm like, <laughs> the hoodie ain't even oversized like that. The hoodie like fits her. But she can just do it like a ninja and still be doing a recording. <laughs> so she's doing all this with one hand. And I know say women do like a multitasking in one, but this is a sorcery right now. This is just some Hogwarts stuff or some kind of sign. This is just... Uh... So, yeah, I have Tori here. So I'm going to ask her to introduce herself as she sees fit before we go into her first L. Tori, please introduce yourself. First of all, can I just say, you're an amazing host. You're You're an amazing host because the way you tell stories and the way you describe things. And it might be because we think similar that I'm, I can definitely relate to everything that you're saying, but the way you introduce people, introduce your guests and the fact that we like, we've never met in real life, as you said, like, are you, I feel like you get me that. No, I won't say down to a T because no, no, no one's anyone knows down to it. No one knows anyone down to a T, but for the most part, from what you've seen of me, I'm like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And can I just say the hoodie thing? I didn't even know that was a thing until you pointed it out. I was like, I do this all the time. I didn't even know that was like such a big well, deal. Clearly, like, you do it all the time. If you just did it with such ease, just hey, folks, whoosh. I'm like, I've seen, I've seen magicians <laughs> take a tablecloth off with all the furniture still on it, like all the cutlery and whatnot. But my girls just like whoosh, gym clothes. Sorry, what? <laughs> your, your glasses are still on your face. Your headphones are still on your head. The phone didn't move. That is so joke, and it's not on a tripod. So that is what are you saying here. So funny. Oh my gosh. And the thing is, right, you still had the hoodie on over the arm that was holding the phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So you're that entertaining that clearly I'm still fixated on how does she do that? And then you take the other arm out, it's like the, the, What? This image stabilization magic. What's this all about? That is it's so just, funny. So yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Introduce yourself. Sorry. Um, so no, it's good. It's great. My name is Tori, known to some as Tori Lens known to some as Tori KBD, depends on how you've known me or where you've known me from. I would describe myself, oh my God, it changes like every month. I would describe myself as a multi-potentialite. 
I just found out a couple of years ago that that's actually a thing. You should, oh my God, I'm going to send you the link. If you could put the link in this episode to that TED talk, yep. I think it will change for a lot of people. A multi-potentialite is someone who can do multiple things at the same time or one thing after the other, and it will be different things. And it doesn't, they don't feel overwhelmed by it. It's kind of just how they move in life. Essentially, I just gave you like a kind of like an overview version. But for a lot of people, maybe people that are on the spectrum or people that are neurodivergent, they'll probably find that they are that as well. And we need people that are multi-potentialites in the world, people that can jump from one thing to the other and jump back. We need people like that in the world. I'll describe myself as that. I'm just a creative, all-round creative being. I'm trying to get to the point in my life where I don't care, or I care less about what people think about me. I wouldn't say I don't care because you want to care what people think about you. Otherwise, we'll just do the most randomest things in the world. But I care less about what people think about me. And I'm trying to live in my most authentic self. And that's forever changing. It's not going to be the same as it was last week, last year. Do you know what I mean? It's forever changing because circumstances change and then you change as well. So yeah, I just describe myself as just a multi-potentialite creative being living in her most authentic truth. Oh, that sounded really good. I can't say that again. It did, but I, I can't fit on no card. Happy multi-purpose. That, how do I that? basically say I'm just incredible. Just an incredible human. You're incredible. That you are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, folks, that's Tori as she is. And I think if anyone's actively listened to my parts of the conversations over the last however many episodes I've done, you will notice that a lot of the time I'll say, this is what I'm thinking. Mm. At this moment, I'm thinking this. And the reason I say that is because I'm very intentional by making it aware that at this moment in time, that is where my head is at. Yeah. That is subject to change. Yeah. And it more than likely will change as I grow, evolve, expose to more things, more people, more information. And the fact that you touched it just, I guess, further confirms that we're very similar in our approach to situations. So yeah. this would be a very interesting conversation. It'd probably be like talking to myself to some degree. <laughs> I'm excited for it. It's going to be good. It will be. It will be. So, folks, you know, I get people send over what they want to talk about. I kind of glance it, don't pay too much attention and revisit when we actually have the episode. So today we have Tori who says she'd like to talk about trying to create a brand beyond me. Mm -hmm. So in regards to trying to create a brand beyond me, my first thought of that mm -hmm. is that there's ideas you have flowing that mm -hmm. you want to do, mm -hmm. but it involves you being hands-on. You're, you're the nucleus of this business and it's not something you probably feel comfortable letting other people get involved with because it then potentially moves you for away from what you want to do, which is the hands-on aspects of it, to a different part of it. And also, I guess, a bit of confidence there. I'm not saying you lack confidence, but there's a bit of confidence there where it's like, well, if it gets to, if it scales such a size, mm -hmm. how involved am I going to be in Am I going to actually be reading the type of people I want to be serving? Mm. And that's where my head thinks it's at. But correct me if I'm wrong, wind the story back to the top where you feel it's relevant and take <laughs> us on that journey of where this L comes from, where you're concerned about trying to create a brand beyond yourself. Okay, so those that know me as Tory Lenz, I was first Tory KBD. And essentially, I won't go all the way back but essentially I was known for doing obviously custom work because that's kind of what I do I didn't like customizing stuff but then I moved into photography film uh, photography and a little bit of filming but photography in this case and so I was shooting everything in everyone so I was doing portraits I was doing behind the scenes I was doing product stuff I was doing events I was in a lot of stuff and 
the event stuff really took off because at the time, this must be around 2016, 2017, maybe around those times. And maybe a little bit before that, 2014, 2015, I think it was around those times. And at the time, obviously there wasn't a lot of people that were shooting and there weren't a lot of people that could shoot events very well. I'm very particular about how I do what I do. So I think the thing that makes me great is the fact that I want to always understand someone's outcome. So if I'm shooting an event, I'm not just shooting to shoot. I'm like, where's it going to go? What's it going to be for? What's your aim? Because then I know I can get crowds or laughing or, do you know what I mean? Or ads or whatever it is. Like I kind of, I want to be able to deliver to my client as best as possible rather than just random stuff stuff that I think is good I'm like okay cool I know your intent I know this is going to be used for this I know this could be used for a poster or this could be used for a, a flyer or whatever so I kind of go with that and I'm very good at it and I, and I became very good at it but the problem that I had was but that I couldn't be everywhere at once so I'd get bookings and there'll be like three bookings on the same day and it's like oh I can't do it because you know like Saturday summer there'll be like this happening in July or this happening and I couldn't do it or there'll be like four bookings over a weekend and I'm like I can't physically get from there to there do you know what I mean like and physically do another four hour shooting another four hour shoot it was just I couldn't do it so I was like oh maybe I should expand my team and if I have a team then we can serve more people and I don't want to be just the only one doing it I did there was a point where I wanted to step back and be like I want to do less or do the things that I wanted to do rather than having to do everything you know what I mean there were some events that I had no interest in whatsoever and I was like I could give that to a team member and they could get paid for it and it would still you know what I mean be under the brand so I I don't know I guess maybe naively at the time I assumed that everybody thinks like me, which is again, something that is not actually true. So I had, I put a call out, had people come through and I specifically wanted to have a all black female collective because every scene I went into, usually events, I was the only female there. And sometimes I'd be the only black person there as well. So like at like concerts and stuff, you don't see, or at the time you didn't see black photographers shooting it. Like it was always like white people, they were like older, like, you know, we're talking like fifties plus, like they've been in it for a long time. Maybe nepotism is a thing. I don't know. But it's like, you wouldn't see anyone that looked like me there. I mean, even when I'd go there, they'd be like, oh, hey, are you for makeup? And I'm like, no, I'm the photographer. They're like, oh, okay. Like they just wouldn't expect it would be me. So I was like, well, there needs to be a lot more black women in this space. So I want my collective to be all black females. Um, and so we kind of went on a couple of events and we did a couple of things together, but it didn't work. And I think it didn't work because again, I think at the time I assumed that everyone thought like me and had the same passion as me. So we would go to events, for example. And like in the beginning, I had a friend who had an event and I was like, bro, would you be okay? I'm going to still going to shoot it, but would you be okay if my team came? Because then I can see how they shoot in the time. And if you get extra pictures, then that's cool. But regardless, you're going to get the pictures from me. And he was like, yeah, cool. So he had a few events happening over four or five months. So I was like, guys, this is going to be a core thing that we do. And it's going to be allow you guys to kind of like flex your muscles, see how you work. And, and also to allow you guys to work the way I work, which is important, like to get the images that I get. This is how I think. So every single time we did a shoot on an event, I'd get them to send me their raw images because that way I could see how they're shooting and how they think throughout their process. So rather than them sending me all their good pictures, which is easy to do, but if I can see how you're thinking, like when you're shooting, then I'm like, okay, cool. I get where you're, where you're at or also try this and try that. Do you know what I mean? So 
it just didn't, it just didn't work. And I think maybe my people management wasn't necessarily great. Some people would just have like, I don't know, 20 images in a four hour night, which is wild to me. Like, what are you shooting if there's only like 20 pictures or like me? And I'll have like 2000, 3000. Cause I'm just like trigger happy. I'm like, I'm trigger happy, like kind of thing. So they would have a few or the angles wouldn't be right. And I'm like, don't you see that this is that person's blocking that person. So it's hard for me to kind of like get on that, understand how they think, but also give them time, like give them time with me to kind of train. And in the end, it just got overwhelming. In the end, like one of the girls who was probably the most promising one, and if she's listening, she knows who she is. I think her intentions weren't the same as my intentions. Her intentions was, I'm going to be part of this thing because Tori knows a lot of people. This is what I assume that she, and she says, she says it isn't, but she would go to events and she'd just be chatting to people the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool to talk to people, but we're here to do a job. Do you know what I mean? So she would end up sending me like six pictures uh, from a three hour event. Yeah, well, so it's crazy. <laughs> um, and then we went on a shoot and I said to her, oh, well, re- I really want you to do the behind the scenes. And she came up with some really, really great pictures, but it was only very few and far between because she was just talking to people. She was just talking to guys or like the whole night, even someone that was, that knows me was like, oh, you know, your team member, because we all had teachers and everything. You know, she's just been talking to people the whole night. I was like, right, if you're noticing and you're in the crowd, do you know what I mean? So I kind of had to call it off. And it was very disheartening for me because that was technically the second-ish time I kind of did something with someone else as well. And again, I think it's because people's intentions aren't as m- the same as mine. I think people's mindsets aren't the same as mine. People came on thinking that I would, I don't know, make them like me kind of thing where you need to have your own passion you need to have your own drive as well you need to want to do this for the reasons that you're doing it and not because oh yeah Tori gets those bookings or this is going to be really good or I'm going to become this amazing photographer like yeah all those things are true but I can't I can't carry you there like you have to walk and I just think a lot of people weren't as forthcoming with their intentions and maybe they didn't know they were a lot younger than me or maybe they didn't know what they wanted to do. Maybe they didn't know what they wanted to do at the time. So for them, it was kind of a trial thing. But when I kind of called the whole thing off, it was really disheartening for me because I was like, oh, I have the potential to this to be really great. But maybe this isn't like what I should be doing. Like doubt really crept in. I was like, maybe I should do this by myself. Maybe it shouldn't be that. Maybe I should only collaborate with guys or only collaborate with like white people. Or, do you know what I mean? Like it had, I had a lot of doubts in there about it because it was like, raw. I'm... I'm in a space or trying to cultivate a space, which makes sense to me, black, female. Do you know what I mean? It makes sense to me. And then I've brought people on board and I've given them as much as I possibly can. And this hasn't worked. Do you know what I mean? So I just, I literally, it was a lot of like time and energy had gone into it. I invested in it all. So if they had travel, I'd pay for their travel. If they had, I'd pay for it all. Like I was like, I don't want anyone to feel like they, they have a barrier to like get into this. So even with their tops and stuff, I pay for their tops. I customize their tops because that's what I do. We had our own, like everyone had their own thing. They had, I gave everyone a little bag for their, um, for their lens caps and their lenses and stuff. Cause I was like, when we go out on shoots, like you want to put it down on the table. Like, and if you, and because it was, because photography bags are really like dark they're easy to miss and people would knock over stuff in the dark but so the bags were like blue like they were actually Ankara because I'm Nigerian it was actually blue Ankara with like gold on it so it was like very bright like and I made it for everybody I was like guys this is the problems that I see so here's the problems that I'm solving for you like I put a lot of time and energy and effort into it and it just it felt flat on its face
And so, yeah, that's the kind of first part. There's a second part to it as well. I don't know if you want me to go into that. Bit. So the second part was years, I say years later. So like last year, I got a mentor. I met her through actually had one of my clients, one of my photography clients. He's actually one of my favorite clients ever. His name's Gavin. He's amazing. He's like a photographer's and videographer's dream. Like he's amazing. So I met my mentor through him, who at the time I think was his PA, but she had a company, a brand. And I was like, I really want to do what you've done. She had like a um, VA brand, like a virtual assistant brand where she had people working for her. And I was like, I really want to do what you do, but just in the kind of like film and photography scene, like way. And she's like, yeah, call me. We went through all of it, the whole thing, how it would work, like the processes, all that kind of stuff. I think it took like three weeks, which is kind of short to get it all done and ready to hit go. And then I literally was like, and this might be because of what happened before. I was like, I don't think this is going to work. I don't think this is going to work. Like we've got it all down, but like, how do I vet the people it's cool that you're a photographer and you do what you do. And for me, I don't really care how good a photographer you are. And that sounds really crazy. For me, it's like your mindset and your drive because you can learn to be a good photographer without being big headed. I could teach you in three months to get to where I get to it like really easy, but what's your mindset? What's your drive? What's your, how do you think as a person? And I think for me, that's where I was like, how do I find people that have these core elements as humans rather than oh I'm a good photographer because being a good whatever comes with like egos right everyone's ego driven I'm the greatest I've got bare followers or I get you know all these bookings and that's wonderful and it's subjective it is subjective and most of those people that want that thing one it's a fad how people shoot and photography it's, it can move very very quickly especially in a um in a like visual world like how people shoot can move and change very, very quickly. One, two, because you're so ego, ego driven. I feel like some people, most people aren't willing to learn. Like I'm always willing to learn. If I can learn something new, then yeah, if you can teach me something I didn't know, then amazing. And some people don't come with that energy. And maybe that makes them successful in the, in, in the space that they're in, maybe. But like for me, I'm like, I can't come with that energy. And people that I met along the way that I thought, are oh, you be great for the team? I'm like, oh, your attitude stinks. Like, it's so bad. Like, you really think that you're, like, better than other, everyone else. It's really crazy. So although the second time around me having everything processes, I'll be honest, I bailed out and I bailed out out of fear. And that might be a potential L, maybe. Uh, it's there to hit go, like, to hit go on. But I'm, like, so, I guess I don't want to be, like, feel like I failed again. Like, I don't want to hit go again. And this is going to be, like, really big. Do you know what I mean? That's not, like, a few people I'm talking to. It's going to be, like, on the platforms everywhere, like, really big. I'm going to have to dedicate a lot of time, energy, all the stuff to it. And I'm like, oh, if it fails again, I feel like it will break me. That sounds really, like, dramatic. But I feel like it will break me. I'll be like, okay, I'm not meant to do this. And a part of me, I didn't, I meant to start it this year, January. And I didn't. I just said, I'm not going to do it. Maybe I'm not meant to do this. I, I bailed out. And I guess... For me, that's a version of the L, even though it wasn't involving other people. At this time, it was like me. Oh my God, I'm emotional. I feel like I'm going to cry. Maybe it's just like me feeling like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. And I guess there's a, there is an element of like, if you don't do something, you can't fail at it, which is a, a very human thing. We're like, oh, I won't apply for that job because then I, they can't say I wasn't qualified for it. Do you know what I mean? I can't get the no. And I definitely think that is an element of it right now. But I will say this, I feel like 
my life is screaming at me to do something on that level of like having a brand that's like creative that has all these elements to it and I'm essentially overseeing it because I don't mind overseeing it I don't mind stepping back because of the kind of person I am I don't want to do the same thing over and over again anyway so I don't mind dipping and diving in different things um I don't like the pressure of like oh you're this person you're this photographer you have to do this I don't like that so dipping in and out I think is good for me whereas before the first time I did it with the girls there was a lot of ego there like I have to be the one, I have to be the one, which I didn't realize until after. But now I'm like, yeah, if you're a great photographer, listen, you go for it. Like I've done shoots where it was pitched to me, but I'm like, this person will be much better at it. And I'll just creatively direct because if I can direct it and they can shoot it. Yeah, cool. Great. I don't have to shoot it, direct it. And do you know what I mean? They can shoot it. They are as good as, or maybe even better than me. So let them shoot it and I'll direct it. I don't mind doing that because I think I'm the kind of person who, oh, who's good at overseeing things. I can oversee the bigger picture. Um, and I think just because of how life was, it made me feel like I had to be the one to do everything. And I think a lot of us do feel that way. Oh, I have to be the one to do this because it's my vision and my dream. Mm, not necessarily. So I can oversee it and just get someone who can either follow direction or is just as passionate as I am, but doesn't have the the ability to to creatively direct. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, sorry, I went off on a tangent there, but yeah. <laughs> no, that that was quite eloquently put, to be fair, and got through Thanks. quite a lot of stuff there. It's it's interesting because I can identify with you being happy jumping out and doing other stuff, not just doing that. Mm. But at the same time, I went with the whole, you wanted to stay there because I know there's times where I've wanted to say, I'm happy to jump off. Mm. But at the same time, like you allude to at the end there, you want to be the person you know, enough it will get done properly as I do it, sort yeah. of vibe. And that's where it's 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 a hard thing. You can't be in two places at once. So yeah. very difficult. But commendable for yourself putting yourself out there and for trying to grow and do stuff. And I'm a firm believer of you're your first customer. So if you're saying that you were to have an all black female team because you don't see that out there, that's not a bad thing. That's something you've identified and you want to try and address. But I'm interested to know how did you feel when you realize everyone's ambitions or their their reasons for why they're joining your team wasn't aligned with why you assembled these people i felt frustrated yeah frustrated will probably be the 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 word i use and maybe sad i felt sad but that's very self-indulgent to feel that way because I felt sad that people didn't want to do what I want to do, which is very like, that's a little bit like, mm, not everyone's going to want to do what you want to do in it. Like your vision is your vision. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like, guys, you can like obviously learn and grow from this and I'm not stopping anyone doing what they want to do. But it made me feel frustrated that people didn't understand what I was saying. Because even some people were like, oh, I'm just going to do like what you say. And I'm like, yeah, cool. But I also need you to have your own voice. Like, there's going to be things that I miss that you capture. Do you know what I mean? Like, Because even like when I think about now, right, if I was to ever go into anything or get a book in, I have a team that's not my team. That is my team, right? I've got yeah. that person does film. And even how, like, this person, her name's Chet, she's amazing. How she thinks is similar to me, but she still has her own point of view. So she'll see things that I don't see. And I'm like, oh, dope. And vice versa. Do you know what I mean? And I think for me, I'm like, oh, my God, if I could clone this woman, she'd be like the um, the most amazing team. Cause she's literally me. She films, she edits, she shoots, she like all, and I'm like, yeah, she got high energy. And I'm like, oh my God, you're basically me. Oh my God, it's wild. But also in the, in the same vein, obviously she wants to do her own thing, which is obviously cool as well. But yeah, it made me feel sad, frustrated mainly. Cause I was like, oh, have I not articulated what this could or should be? 
And I thought, oh, maybe I haven't articulated it properly, which is very frustrating to me. But also there was an element of me where I was like, okay, cool. This is not meant to be then. I was like, okay, I can be sad and frustrated as much as I can, but this is not meant to be. And then, and then at that point I was like, if I was to do this again, what would I do differently? And that is how this new one that I was meant to launch in January, that's how that one came about. And it's so much more cleaner, so much more specific. And also it's a job. That's the difference. But before it was like, we're going to come on a team and be a part of the team. This new one is like, yeah, you're a part of G- a team, but also this is a job. Do you know what I mean? Like this is your job role. So it kind of changes it from being like, oh, we're all in this together and we're all equals. And yeah, we are all equals at that point. But, you know, think about working for Apple. Like you've got your role in it. Oh, I love working for Apple. It's amazing. Oh, great. But I have to do my job. You've got to find roles and responsibilities. Yeah, exactly. So that's the, that's the difference um, with it. But yeah, I did feel really frustrated. And I felt sad because some of the girls really wanted to be a part of something. But I was like, this can't work. Like this actually can't work. I can't, this, I can't keep carrying this. Some of them were like, you know, really upset about my observations of them, which is like everyone's observing the same thing. It's not just me. Some of them were really sad that it was just ending. But yeah, it was, it was very frustrating and sad. How did you cope with the idea that potentially it was your fault for not clearly defining roles, responsibilities, articulating your vision? what this was all about because you mentioned there that you thought about it but did it ever consume you to feel like you was potentially the one that caused this to go this way or did you understand it wasn't solely on you it was other people as well that contributed towards it not hitting its full potential I definitely think it's solely me it definitely consumed me I have this like love and hate relationship with information and I don't know if anyone else is the same, but whereas I don't want to give too much information where it feels like I'm being too specific, but also I don't want to be too loose with it where I'm like, this is not the goal. So I think at the time I did have like specifics as like, this is the roles and da, da, da. But I thought, oh, no, Tori, you're doing too much. You're not going to be paid at first, even though you're covering the sense like, let it be kind of, let, let it kind of grow organically. And I think that was a wrong thing for me to do. Um, looking back in hindsight. So it did consume me for a very, very long time, which is why it took from 2014 to now for me to be like, oh, let me, let me try and do this again. You know what I mean? We're almost, we're talking almost a decade later. Do you know what I mean? Like for it to be me to be like, okay, let's try this again. So it was definitely all in, all in consuming, but I think that's kind of how I work. But also I was like, let me, and this might be an excuse, but I was like, let me figure out who I am although I, d- I know who I am in it. Like I did know who I was at that point. Um, let me figure out who I am as a creative and maybe I can do this by myself. Maybe it doesn't have to be with everyone else. And then maybe I can just have a team dip in and out, which is what I was doing for a long time. Um, as, as I said, like before, like I have, if I got like big jobs, I literally have a team. We're not official and I'd love for them to be officially part of my team on my roster, but that I feel like worked out better and maybe that's the way to go. I don't know. But it was all encompassing in terms of like my communication and lack thereof information. But I've realized everyone communicates different. One, two, I realize the easy way to solve that, the, to solve that issue is when they come on board, if they come up, whatever, is to have a conversation and not assume that everyone's just going to co- go along with you along the way. So in me having that frustration, I was like, how do I solve this? I'm great at talking. I'm great at explaining things. I'm, I'm worse at like writing things down. If we have a conversation, it can literally be like two minutes and we all know we're all clear. 
Do you know what I mean? So for me, it was like, okay, cool. If this, if we were to do this again, this was to happen, you need to make sure you're having regular conversations with people regularly, which is what was worked into the thing I was going to launch in January. It's worked in there, like having team meetings, one, and also having one-to-ones with people, which I feel like is so essential when you're working on a team. You can't just assume people are going to get it because you said it or whatever. So I realized that the, I feel like maybe three, four years later, I kind of gave myself the grace to be like, actually, yeah, you don't communicate well, like writing or typing, but you do communicate well verbally. So make sure you're checking in with them at every point. And also being aware that, like I said before, not everyone has the same intentions as you. And that's fine. As long as our goals are aligned, like that's cool, isn't it? If as long as the goal gets there. Third thing, A20 rule. Like if 80% is good enough, people aren't going to notice other things. People aren't going to clock the other things. So give myself that grace as well. And fourth thing, no one's going to see it the way you see it. Even your client that wants you to book things is never going to see it the way you see it. They're never going to see the things you miss or the things that you saw, the little nuances. They're never, they're never going to see it that way. And again, A20 rule. That's okay. As long as it gets out there and for the, and for the majority part, it does what it needs to do. You've hit the, all the, all the points, then that's cool too. So yeah, although that feeling was all encompassing, I did along the way learn that like, life is fluid in it like life isn't the way you want it to be and the people that are successful in these in these in these cases we're talking about the apples of the world the nikes of the world that have creative things involved in them there are structures that need to be in place but verbal communication and having your best your clients and your people that work for you best interest interest at heart always wins it, that for me tops everything so yeah they might want to work for you but they might want to have their own brand that's cool we'll do like a three-year plan you work for me for three years and then we you know what i mean you do your own thing and we get someone else to replace you and and that's okay too do you know what i mean so realizing that things are can can be flexible really allow me to give myself grace and get to the point that i am now essentially that's really interesting that you came to that point did you okay you you said it so well like you understood the learning points, you took away all these different things, but did it, anyone aid you in getting to that point where you look back and went, oh, I see it now. Or was it a matter of you just beat yourself up until sometime that you met your mentor and then realized, hang about. No, I think everywhere I go, I learn things to people all the time. I'm always watching people and how they move. Do you know what I mean? I have people that I know in my life that teach me lessons without them even realizing they teach me lessons. You know what I mean? Having conversations with people all the time. So there's people I talk to. Sebastian Till is an amazing one. He's an amazing writer, director, um, UK. So seeing him work through things or seeing him just even just mention things on his story, whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what happened with me. Or like seeing him, how he's evolved. Because I've known him for like 10 years or even 12, 13 years now. Seeing him evolve as a creative, but also as a director specifically. Because as a director and a writer specifically, you're being the creator, but also you're having to maneuver people, human beings. So seeing how he's worked and evolved, I'm like, oh, I know why he did that. I know, I know why that happened. Do you know what I mean? I know why that that moved from there to there. I know why he's, you know, like not working independently anymore. He might be under a label for this film or whatever. Like I get it now. So people like that, my friend Dion Reed as well, she's another one. Even just hear her talk through things that she's going through creatively. And again, we're not in the same field. They might be like field adjacent, but they're not in the same field. So hearing people talk, following creatives, like-minded creatives like myself, hearing people talk about their, like, vent about their frustrations. I'm like, oh God, this isn't just me. 
okay, it's not, I'm not alone. Do you know what I mean? People say the hardest thing is to get an, a great, a great team. It's the hardest thing in, in Be Creative is having a great team. And I'm like, okay, so it's not just me. Like having creators be like, you know, it took me 12 times to get the team that I have now. I'm like, raw. Do you know what I mean? Like what? Like 12 goes for you to get to where you are now. That's amazing. Like we often only see the end results and we just see all the flowers and stuff. We don't see when you were like planting the seeds and that seed didn't grow or some, I don't know, fox came and flopped your garden. We don't see all that stuff. We just see like the flowers at the end. And we see those happy smiles of the of the of the team, like ah, oh, but you don't know how long it took for them to get there. Do you know what I mean? So the world and being in the scene I'm in and listening to people's frustrations and then also listen to, listen to people's ways in which they deal with things and why they do what they do definitely allowed me to get to where I am now. For sure. It's definitely not a solo thing. And it allowed me to be like more graceful with myself. People that I looked up to and I really admire that are really close to me. And I'm like, raw, like you go through this too. Do you know what I mean? Like you're in freaking Hollywood. Like what? You go through this as well. Okay, cool. Like I'm not necessarily doing anything wrong. I just have to like go through the trenches, you know? That's encouraging. I think people that that listen to this, these episodes that I do, I don't know if they've had the same impact or the episode had the same impact to them as it does on me, because I learned a lot of stuff through the conversation I have as well. Mm. I know there's people that I can talk to and they just drain me. Yeah. The conversation has zero value to me. It just leaves me feeling like, if I don't see you in another 10 years... I'm fine with that. <laughs> best believe I am. But 10 years still makes me feel like, oh, when's the 10 years up? Oh, come on. <laughs> we just allow it, please. Just pass, man. With the, with the guests I have on, and that's why I'm so passionate when I give the intros, is because I know they're not those type of people. Yeah. And it just fills me either top top because I've poured out so much because I'm a giving person I'll same. give what I have yeah and if I feel the same after giving so much that's that I'm happy with that yeah because it means that you reciprocated what I had and I'm good with that yeah but if I feel top top I'm happy with that as well but if yep. I'm just felt let like just empty yeah I'm not on that vibe it means I just have to lock off whatever I'm gonna do for the rest of that day that weekend recharge my batteries go hibernate for a little bit and I'm going for the motion I should be happy yeah. But I'm not, I don't have enough in me to be happy. I'm just got enough in myself to acknowledge whatever's gone the way I would like it to go. And that's what I'll keep going until such time I wake up or I can watch something and actually find it funny again. And yeah, talking to people, like you said, that some people are in a different field to yourself. Now, this is, I don't know if I've said this before on air, I might have done. Now, right. So I know this guy who's gay and he's married, he's got two children through surrogacy. Uh-huh. And he's an amazing guy. I, I I just got so much time for him. And he was talking about how when he got married to a woman, he thought like he just wasn't happy. Yeah. He eventually came out and he thought, right, well, I come out, it's official, it's done. I've come out once. No, he has to come out every single day. Because where he's got children, people think that he's in a heterosexual relationship. Right. And then they think because he's a guy, he's into football and all this other stuff. So he has to keep coming out. And it hit me so hard because when he was talking about how he had to keep coming out and try to explain to people like his situation sort of thing, it reminded me of my wife because my wife's white, right? So her name's Holly, very English name, right? Can't get away from that. But I wouldn't always divulge her name to people because I knew that would lead to another conversation about why I made this decision. Right. And it's, let's be honest, right? Whose business is it? for why I made the decisions I made in my life. 100%. You were not around in the beginning. It's not affecting you also. Right. 
yeah, you won't be around thereafter. Yeah. So why are you now giving me the third degree? Ask me about everything to do with it and my inside leg measurement. That's not nothing to do with it. <laughs> so I realized that even though we're not walking the same path in that aspect, I still benefited from hearing his truth. 100. And going, snap. Mm. I thought once, you know, we was married and stuff like that, it's one and done. Yeah. No, because people are going to keep assuming. Yeah. Oh, so you have a black lady, you have an Asian lady, you have this. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. What difference does it make? But I'm having to keep explaining my life decision, just like he has to keep explaining his life decision. So there is value, in my opinion, of sharing your stories. 100. Not everyone you're going to directly resonate with or click in the first instance, but I'd like to think someone within your social circle, your parameter that you operate within, will be going through something similar, if not the same, or at least in the ballpark. And yeah. it helps you to have a better understanding of what they're potentially going through and how you can have a more meaningful relationship or just firm up that relationship that you got going. Or yeah. just say, they're not my cup of tea, I'm going to pass. But I respect them for what they're going through. Yeah. Let's leave it. But I, I, I definitely feel there is value in, in listening to each other and being honest and be, be, being allowed to be honest and not being yeah. judged because it's hard sometimes it people say they want to hear the truth and you tell them the truth that like, oh but you can't do that and again not to keep going about other episodes but there was one where as a parent it, it's hard because people are saying oh cherish the time when you've got little ones but it's hard of course the sleep deprivation man that's torture <laughs> some kind of people right yeah. so why can't i say it's hard yeah. If you find something hard, like you had that dream that you wanted to build something, have people come inside, flourish in it, be as successful as they could be, mm-hmm. have your own creative flair, but you know, respect that this is the way we do things as it is right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. We might change down the line, but as yeah. it is, this is what it is. Yeah. And that didn't happen. You're yeah. now grieving over the life that you thought you was going to have. 100. So people should afford to give you that grace yeah. to say, I get that you're not where you want to be. Yeah. I get that you're feeling some sort of way. I may not be able to understand it. And for me, two, three, four weeks are passed by like that. Yeah. But for you, it's dragged on. Yeah. You're still there. Yeah. And it's so easy to forget that people are still somewhere different to where you are. Yeah. Compassion, isn't it? Oh, yes. And empathy. We, ha- we need to, yeah, we need to have more compassion and, and empathy for like other humans. Like we all say like, oh, everyone's life's different and people say it, but I'm like, do you believe it though? Because if you're saying it, why, why are you so easy to be judgmental of other people? Why are you so easy? Do you know what I mean? Like people will say to me and it, and it comes from a really good place. People say, oh, but Tori, you're so talented. You can do all the things you want. And I'm like, do you know how frustrating that is that I have so many passions? I kind of wish I had one because then I could just like that. Just focus on that one. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and I know it comes from a good place and it comes to a place of like, you're so lucky, but I'm like, mm, no one's lucky, really. Everyone just has their life. Do you know what I mean? I'm saying I wish I had one passion. You're saying I wish I had 10. It's like, we're always going to think the grass is green on the other side. But if we had compassion for each other, whereas you're frustrated that you're stuck in this one thing that you're doing, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I don't get that, but I definitely understand it. I've definitely been in similar spaces and where someone could see me and be like, oh, do you know what? I understand how you have like wanted to do multiple things in one day. Oh my God, that must be so overwhelming. Yeah. Do you know what? When I had to do five things in a day, I, I imagine that's your whole life. Like, you know what I mean? Someone actually having compassion and being like, oh, actually I don't experience it. I haven't experienced it or maybe not on the scale that you have, but I can understand that that must be frustrating. It must be hard for you. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the same way we deal with death and birth and like you said children and marriage and like it's everyone deals with it completely different and we say that but I I think a lot of us don't believe it 
we don't actually believe it when we say it. I try to be compassionate as I possibly can because I'm like, I don't know what you're going through. And that sometimes bites me in the butt because I'm I'm sometimes a bit too understanding. But I'd rather be too understanding than not understanding at all. And I think as well, you, like you mentioned, it's a, it's it sounds like it's about relationships, not necessarily just relationship externally. Yeah. It's also relationship internally, getting yeah. to know yourself. Like you offered yourself 100%. the grace, the time to just reflect and not beat yourself up too much because stuff happens. Sometimes stuff don't happen. Yeah. It, it, it's, it is what it is at times. And I don't feel that we get taught enough of that we don't. or encouraged enough to just say, you know what? Pump the brakes, chill out. Yeah. Just take time for yourself. Yeah. Reach out to me when you're, when you're good. Yeah. And we'll carry on the conversation then. Uh, it's it's not life or death right now. Yeah. If it was different co- conversation, different conversation yeah. As it is, you do you. I'll be there when you're ready. I think people don't say that because people don't want that to be something, right? Imagine if I said to you, "Oh, Matt, I know you're going through some stuff and with the kids and whatever. Like, l- reach out when you're ready." Yeah, that could be seven years from now. Yeah. True, so. <laughs> and then I might, I'm in most cases, you're going to be like, "Oh, what? Now, ten years later, like your kids are all like." 20 and 12 and and that it's like so that when you said it did you mean it then because i genuinely me i genuinely mean it yeah i could not talk to someone for 15 years and be like yo what's up like catch me up you know what i mean because the love is still the love like regardless of what's happened i may not have seen you every day or spoke to you every day and whatever i i genuinely and i think that might be a neurodivergent thing i genuinely mean it like i'm genuinely like you know what i mean you want you want the best for others yeah because you know why i think that because i want you to think that for me I want you to have that for me too. So the only way for me to have that for me is for you to have it for you. That's the only way I can think about it. So for me, I'm like, if I'm genuinely trying to give you time, if that's 10 years, then cool, that's 10 years. be different at that point i might not have as as much enthusiasm but i'm still gonna love you i'm still gonna be like yo we're here we can't pick up from where we were because time is time but i'm genuinely gonna be like yeah let's see if this works it might be a once a year thing it might be a once in a while thing it might be an everyday thing who knows but i genuinely like want people to go and have their own time and have their life and you know and figure things out because you're right we don't in the way the way the world is and especially for like generations that are a little bit older like we're talking about 60s 70s 70s 80s 90s babies are people that were born in those eras there wasn't a grace for go and figure things out that wasn't the world wasn't like that then do you know what i mean it is now which is also great but then now we're having to learn to do that we're having to learn to take time do you know what i mean like someone saying i'm taking a year off is can be scary for someone to say that i'm just going to do what i want for a year for someone that is the most scariest thing ever but a year goes quick you know I literally did it this year. I gave myself from April last year to April this year to only do things that I want to do. Best thing I ever did in my life. I mean, I do not I do a lot of things like that, but best thing I ever did. I was like, okay, cool. A year goes quick. I'm like, oh, it was a year. It was only a year. All right, cool. I'm still here. I still have opportunities. I saw things that happened. Do you know what I mean? I can still do. And I think we don't, we just don't give ourselves enough grace in general, whatever the relationship is, whether it's working, whether it's self, whether it's partner, whether it's friendships, we don't give ourselves enough enough grace to learn and grow and give each other room to do that and to figure things out. We just kind of like rush things, which is sad because that's what the world makes you feel like. You feel like you have to rush it. Yeah. So I'll ask you this question. When things didn't go well, whether it be the first time or the second time when you panicked and bailed, what happened for why it was like the worst time for you? Like what, what was you going through and feeling? And what would you have told your younger self 
to help you overcome that situation? Okay, so worst time for me, I think just depression-wise, I was depressed at the time, the first time it happened, I didn't know I was until after because I feel like a failure. And even this time when I bailed out, there was a time, I think up until maybe April, so from like Jan to like April, May, there was still that niggling thing of, oh, like you just failed, You're, you bailed, you bailed on this. That feeling of not being good, not being great kind of thing. And I think a lot of it comes from external, which I internalize. People are like, oh, you're so great. You're so amazing. You're so good at all these things. And it's just like, you want to be all those things that people say, because they're, they're great things. You're great. You're amazing. You're all these things. And what I'm trying to learn now, because it's, it's, there's still a niggling feeling there, but I, what I'm trying to give myself grace for is I can be amazing in all these things without having to had achieved air quotes something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think a lot of us are like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have a business. I want to have a house. I want to have whatever. But your achievements, and this is something I'm trying to tell myself all the time, your achievements don't make you who you are. You are who you are, regardless of those achievements. Yes, those things help in elevating you, self-brand or whatever, as a personal brand, but they don't make you any less because you haven't achieved them or you haven't achieved them in the, in the time frame or in the way in which you you wanted to or you saw for yourself. So for me, that's where I'm at now. But there is there was there was, I'll say 2014, 2015 times when I was literally in the lowest of lows. Well, I was literally just like, well, then I'm just I'm just, I'm literally failing. I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing. And there was something I saw a couple of years ago that said it was a black woman and she was talking to her therapist, and her therapist said to her, most black women feel like they're failing, but they're actually depressed. But they just feel like they're failing in life. It's actually depression. And I was like, oh my God. I literally was like, oh my God. You felt seen. This is me. Like, I literally was like, what? As much as the world makes it feel like we're not needed, we are needed. We are so essential to so many things and so many avenues in life that if we don't hit that 90 mark, we're like, oh, I've, I've lost. I've done it wrong. I'm just, this is it now. Do you know what I mean? And you kind of feel like, for me anyway, I felt like the world was crumbling in. Like, oh my God, I've let my sisters down. I've let my friends down, my peers, people that look up to me. Like I'm a mentor to people. Like what am I, if I'm a mentor, what am I even showing them? Do you know what I mean? A lot of pressures of the world making me feel like, oh, I've done this all wrong. Like I've done this all wrong. And my upbringing has been very unconventional. My education life has been very unconventional. And I pride myself on that. I used to hate it, but I pride myself that I've come and done things differently, like gone against the grain of the world. And then to be like where I was in 2015 and be like, oh, but you failed now. Like you failed, you tried this thing, it didn't work. And people know it didn't work. So it was kind of just like very, very deep in depression. And then, so the second time, this January time, very similar feeling, but, one thing I learned is don't tell people what you're doing before you've done it, which is like the best thing ever. And it gave me a chance to step back and maybe this wasn't the right time to do it. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean to say, I haven't told myself I'm not going to do it. I'm like, oh, I might still do it. It might look different, but maybe this, just, this wasn't the right time to do it. Maybe this just wasn't, do you know what I mean? Rather than being like, oh, it's not going to work. Oh, I'm out. Do you know what I mean? Part of it. But there is still a niggling feeling there. I can't lie. I'm not like, fully fully over it if I'm being honest but there's still there's there's two niggling feelings one is the time isn't right the time isn't right <laughs> the other one is like mm, is, that, is that an excuse Tori is that an excuse do you know what I mean like is that an excuse to not do it but yeah that's kind of like the feeling I had at the time like proper just like I've just failed 
all the things that have amounted to this failure. Oh my God. So the version of yourself now, going back in time to see your younger version of yourself, what are you telling her? I'll, I would tell her every decision that you made is the right decision. Every decision that you're going to make coming going forward in your life is the right decision. Because one, this is going to sound like kind of like out there, yeah? But I wouldn't be the version of myself self telling my younger self the version of the, themselves what it is without me having gone through the things I've gone through, right? But also, I might be an elevated, we're thinking about time, right? We're talking about present me and past me. There may be an elevated version of myself now if I tell my younger self, like, don't, basically don't doubt yourself. The things that you think are right. Do you know what I mean? And, and as we, as you touched on in the beginning, if they're right for that time, maybe may, later on they might be, but I'm like, whatever decision you're making, the time you're making, it's the right decision. That might make my younger self do something completely different, but that's going to be right for the time that's happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's always going to be the right decision. Like, one thing I'll tell myself is like, yes, yeah, I feel this when I feel how I'm feeling, but I'm like, well, it must have been the right decision because I've come to so much conclusions. I feel like I'm so much more wiser, more worldly and more out there than other people my age or people that's in the same field as me, whatever, because I'm just like, okay, cool. That's the decision we made. What have we learned from this? You know, like we say, we say L's are like losses, but I'm like, what did I learn from this? This is actually a lesson. What did I learn? And also I might learn this lesson three times over. <laughs> it might come again, second time, third time. And I'm like, okay, this is the fourth time this happened. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But if I didn't think about me learning a lesson, I could be doing the same thing over and over and over again in different scenarios and not realizing it's the same thing. Like, I'm like, oh, this is, I felt this before. This happened before. Okay, 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 cool. Let's pause. Let's pause. What are we going to do different now, Toz? Like, what what are we actually going to do differently? I actively talk to my seven-year-old self. I actively talk to her. Like all the time, I'm just like, oh, what could we do different? Like, how am I serving you? How am I serving the things you want to do? But also, how am I being responsible as well? And I'm like, okay, cool. What could we learn differently? Okay, this is what we're going to do, Tori. And I'm, and I'm, when I'm saying Tori, I'm literally talking to my younger self. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this, this, and this, and this. And we'll see how it goes. We might be back here for this lesson again. But if we are cool, we would have learned that that way didn't work. We're going to, we're going to go again. So I think for me, that's what I told my younger self. Like, you, every decision you make is the right decision. That's it. No pressure. It's all the right decision. Do you think the younger version of yourself would have heard you? So you're saying it so eloquently. Yeah. You're saying it so poignantly. You're like, yeah. yes, this is this I'm passionate about. It. Yeah. Or do you think your your younger version of yourself is glazing over again? No, I think my younger self in the moment would be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But then when the decision came and I feel like, oh my God, this is the right decision. I'd remember my older self saying, whatever decision you make is the right one. So it's like, okay cool. I feel like this and I'm going to do this. She said it's right. So I'm going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like I told myself this is right. So I'm going to do it. That's it. And I might, after I make decision, cuss my older self and be like, she told me it was the right thing to do. And now I'm in this situation. Uh, but I know that I eventually get to the point. Where I'm like, oh, maybe there was a lesson here. I, Cause that's how I think. I know I will get there. So I'm like, oh, I get what she meant. Okay, cool. Do you know what I mean? I'll definitely be cussing my older self fully but she this one's gonna say like oh my god she ruined my life and i'd be like oh okay cool so she would listen but she'd cuss as well but she'd also be like i get it but also she'd be she'd be cussing 
what setting would you have to be in to have that conversation? Is it a matter of it's just a like a throwaway comment? Is it something where you're going to have to be chilling on, on your ones, or is it going to be in a group setting? Like, so this is how I imagine it. Yeah, and it's so crazy. I imagine we have this like space. It's kind of like a I don't want to say a void, but like it's just a black space. Yeah, when my younger self is feeling like unheard or whatever, she comes to this space, and before she would come to the space and occupy it with like all these great imagination things. And my mom tells me about like, all these stories I used to have when I was younger about w- things I made up. And I assume my younger self had that space as like this black room, that, but I just filled with whatever I wanted. Right. And it just happened that and it was almost like distractions, but also ways for me to cope with things. And then, so my older self would go to that space that my younger self would go to. And it's this black space, but I would get there before she occupies the space with all those things. So then I'll get there and I'll be like, Oh, hey, Tors. I should be like Tors, because I've only been Tory since I was 16, by the way. So she'd be like, who's Tors? Like, who the hell is that? Do you know what I mean? I'll be like, oh, hello, Vicky. <laughs> hello, be like, what? Kind of thing. I'd be like, what? And I'd be like, you know, I'm sure you know I'm you. We don't have to have this conversation. But first of all, the first thing I would do is hug myself. I'd hug her. Like, really, really I don't know how long that hug would take tight, but I'd hug her really, really, really tight. And then it'll literally just be me, like, bending down and being like, I wanted to know one thing. Every decision that you make is the right decision. And there's no talking after that. Hugs and then I'm out. Because anything else clouds it. Like, it's just like, hug, I'm here. I'm going to be here for you. You know what I mean? You, I am here for you. You are here for yourself. Give that hug, however long it lasts. And just be like, like look into my own eyes and literally be like, every decision you make in your life is going to be the right decision. It's going to be the correct thing to do. Like, don't doubt yourself. So what does the hug represent? Being seen, being heard, being being noticed. I think a lot of, I went through a lot of my childhood not being seen and also masking, which I only realised is a thing. Like just being who I think people think I should be. That's in family. I come from a Nigerian house. So like family, just being who they expected me to be and often not necessarily reaching the mark of who they wanted me to be. So then I just get lost. Like, I think for a long time, my family didn't know who I was. Like, they knew me, but they didn't really know who I was. I had little spurts of, like, this energy or this, like, you know, this creative or this kind of, like, outburst of stuff. But I would hide it away a lot. So the hug represents, like, being seen. Being acknowledged. Yeah. And you mentioned crouching down. Yeah. Why would you crouch down? Because adults always often talk down to children, don't they? And if she's seven, she's not going to be that tall. Not that I'm really, really tall, but she's not going to be that tall in it. So me talking down to her is almost like a hierarchy thing. Whereas actually like me crouching down being like, I am you and you are me. Do you know what I mean? Like coming to that, to your level, like we are the same and giving that information from a balanced standpoint rather than a hierarchy. Thank you for sharing that. That's all right. If you're not calling that an L, what are you calling that? A lesson. Lessons all day, baby. L's are losses that can be changed into lessons. That's how I see it. Your loss is the lesson. So it's one of the same. That's how I see it anyway. I see that. I see that. And when you really think about it, depending on how you're, I guess, mentally inclined, a loss is technically a lesson. Less less. Oh, yeah. You're just waiting to pick up the other letters. Oh, that is nuggets. That is nuggets right there. That's so true. So it's just interesting. And I don't think I've ever done this on another episode, but I guess I'll say this to you because it feels appropriate. 
And it's the fact that whatever journey you've been on, because ultimately you're talking about things you did in your later life, in your 20s, slash 30s maybe, and you still go back to such a younger version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Tells you that clearly there's something going on there. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we do offer ourselves that grace. And I'm I'm an advocate of going for therapy and to talking things out. Yeah. Therapy's not for everyone and I fully appreciate that. But personally, I'm an advocate for it, especially Agreed. finding the right type of therapist. Therapy, yeah, yeah. But I think it's like I spoke to someone today about it and they were talking about how I wasn't just about this issue was talking about. They said it went way back and I said, I know. Yeah. Because things stem back and you've just yep. sort of proved that point yep. that sometimes our environment that we're exposed to when we're younger is not necessarily the upbringing you had that was bad. No. It's what you was exposed to. Yeah. And other people's opinion just thrown upon you and not considered if it was age appropriate, yeah. if it was the right thing. And now you're carrying this burden around with you that hinders your ability to fully express yourself. Mm-hmm. It's bad enough having to wear a mask out in the world. And I say it's because being black folk, we're always told you got to talk a certain way. you got to present yourself a certain way oh, yeah. because you've got to work twice as hard and blah, blah, blah. So we have to watch our P's and Q's when we're out on the road. Yeah. But if we didn't have to watch our P's and Q's in, in our your house, house. Yeah. When are you ever allowed to feel yourself? 100%. And I liken this, and this is a bit weird, right? Let's assume, and I, I don't, am I going to say this on the podcast? Am I going to say, I'm going to say on the podcast, right? <laughs> Let's assume, right? Yeah. You need to break a bit of wind, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do it around strangers because it's not appropriate, yeah. right? But you think, at least in my house. I can do it at home. Yeah. 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 It's but you're so telling true. Me, but you're telling me I can't. So when am I ever, I start getting stomach I, pains because yeah. I'm not doing nothing. It's like, when are you going to do it? I have to go outside, hide around a bush, and people think I'm peeing around a bush, and I'm not. I'm just trying to... That's such a good analogy. I'm just trying to just be... Be. My body's got a function, and I'm not allowed to function the way it should function because people say it's inappropriate. Yeah. I am being told I'm inappropriate when I'm anything but. Right. And I think you've done a great job. You, You are probably inspiring so many people by just going out there and trying because... I think it's within some cultures and I think it's the black and brown cultures at least where they just don't feel that they can do certain things because they're told that they can't do this or can't do that. They must. Yeah, they're not allowed to fail. They're not allowed to learn. Exactly. So when they do try something, it doesn't come off. It's worse than social media when you see everyone go in Dubai and you're like, I ain't got money like that. (laughs) But then you've got your family telling you, oh, okay, this is a big bugbear of me, especially since I worked in finance when you had people say, like you grow up, you'll ask your parents about money, like saying, oh, how much made you make? Why are you asked me that question for? Like, mm. your business. And you know, what are bills? I oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then when you grow up and you get money and you get yourself in debt and they start cussing you out saying, why are you not handle money? You didn't tell me. I asked you about money. Yeah. It's like, but I'm not good with money. I didn't know that. Whether you had a good relationship or bad relationship with money, you never told me about your relationship with money. So if I'm going to go out there and make my mistakes, don't come at me and expect me to be 100 because you never told me. You never gave me the skills. So and true. that's part of how I feel that some of the culture is. And that's from my own little research into it. Yeah. Because we don't share things because we feel like it's not appropriate and yeah. they're going to find it their own way. Yeah. But if we was willing enough to talk like we are talking now, yeah. be more open yeah. and help the next generation, the next wave, the next person, even yeah. in front of you, just come through and say, just to give you a heads up, this is my experience of this. Yeah. Do with that information as you see fit, but yep. I'm just sharing with 100. you. 100. 
we'll be in a better place. Think about all the companies that people work for. If they told, I know the companies tell you not to share what salary you're on and whatnot. Nah, you need to. But if you did share what salary you're on, trust me, they'd have to make sure that everyone got paid more money. It's not everyone's salary will drop. It'll go the other way because yep. they say, how are you valuing that person higher than me? And that happens a lot, you know, even with the, um, in the creative scene as well. Like I was part of a black female exhibition a couple of years ago. And um, obviously it was all black females. So we had a little little dinner to kind of end the, I think it was like three or four months. And um, so we all sit down on the table and we literally was just like talking exchange, which is beautiful. I was like, oh my God, I, this is kind of like my dream. Oh my God, it's all black women. Oh my God, it's my, literally my dream. Like, oh my God. So we was talking and there was like one a photographer. She's so renowned. Like she is like, oh, amazing. She does so much work for so many people. And she's from like South East London as well. She's from Peckham. I was like, oh my God, she's so amazing. And she, she was talking about how she got, she got a job and she'd already done the job, but she was talking to her male counterpart who is not as established or accomplished or whatever as her. And they were talking about the job and he was like, oh yeah, they offered that to me. And he's like, oh, she's like, oh really? She's like, if I can mind, like how much? And the number that he said that they offered him, let's say for example, let's just use hundred pounds. Yeah, it's not hundred pounds, but it's very much more than that, right? He's like, oh, they offered me a hundred. And she's like, what? They offered me 40. She's like, huh? He's like, yeah. And she's like, and I had to like push for like 60. And he was like, nah, they offered me a hundred and I pushed to 150. And he, she was like, what? So I was like, huh? Like it was so, and very much she had management. She, he doesn't, he's independent. Like it was so crazy. And I was like, this is why we need to talk about money. Like, especially like, all the time because people just get like you get taken for an idiot because they know that people aren't going to talk about money they know people aren't going to do it so they just do that do you know what i mean so yeah that money thing is is definitely a thing and can i just go back as well the whole therapy thing i definitely agree with and people like go therapy but there's 12 different types of therapy do you know what i mean so people say therapy isn't for them maybe speech therapy isn't for you but it's like i'm i'm going off a tangent here but i'm gonna say something's wrong but there's like art therapy there's cog cognitive therapy there's like cognitive so much therapy, yeah, yeah there's so much different types of therapy that you can go for um, it doesn't have to be you sitting down talking to somebody on a couch you know what i mean lying down there's different ways to do it but we all need it because when we talk to people like what we are doing now is therapy when you talk to people is and you're having conversations when you sit with people and you chill when you talk and whatever there's it's all therapy like it's actually things that we do we're just when you go to therapy just doing it on purpose yeah do you know what i mean rather than it being like oh you know there's people that you know you chill with to people that are listening you chill with that you feel better in their company and sometimes you're not doing anything you're just chilling and that's the type of therapy and those are the people you should be acknowledging like when you're at your best when you feel your best Take heed of who you're around. You're around one hundred because that that tells you something, and it's not everyone you share your stories with. Because some people just stare to, to take gossip. Yeah, I had to call one person out the other day because they're saying, "Oh, I don't really like being on social." I said, "You're that person that sits on WhatsApp groups, listens to the gossip, comes out and goes spread it out to uh, the masses." Mm. He's like, "Well, no, no, no," and I said, "You are because you're t- you're telling me stuff that's happened in the group chat." Oh wow! But you're not actually participating in it. Oh wow! And. You know, do you really want people like that? That's one of your point at your heart, your soul, how you're feeling. They're like, oh, not offering you anything. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> not giving you a hug, no kiss, no cup of tea, nothing. Mm. But next, you know, they're out there spilling the tea. Telling everyone. Mm-hmm. 
So it's very important that you make sure you're careful who you do divulge things to, not in such a way that you have mistrust or distrust of people, Mm. but just be mindful that not everybody, it kind of goes back to what I said before about there's certain people I will talk to and certain people I won't talk to just because of how my energy levels are after that conversation. Yeah. But yeah, definitely a fan of therapy, definitely a fan of finding out what works for you Yeah, because it, a lot of things are subjective and 100%. I think what we should be mindful of, and I'm guilty of doing it even up until probably last week, if not sooner, is that sometimes we will portray a version of ourselves yeah. that maintains a certain theme, mm. which isn't accurate, mm. but we do it because it's the done thing to do and it's easier, which means it's misleading other people to think, oh, so that's how it's done. No, I, uh, I'm just doing it because it was easier to do it. If someone, I bet if someone said to you how much you make, chances are you probably won't be quick to say it because of how we feel. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and that's the part where we kind of need to get past. I think once we can start talking about the stuff like the conversation I've had on this podcast, I'm talking about, I've had people talk about their sexuality coming yeah. from a, a black African background. Yeah. I've had people talk about miscarriage from a guy and a girl's perspective. Yeah. I've had people talk about infertility. Infidelity, infidelity, sorry. Oh, okay, in, yeah. Well, infidelity as well. Mm. Um, two black guys got cheated on into their by their fiancés. Mm-hmm. You've had, and that's one in America, one in the UK. You've had a woman talk about infertility, mm. and an Asian woman talk about infertility in the culture. Someone getting bullied at work. Mm. You're talking about people that have got wholly different stuff. But until we talk about these things. Yeah. We're none the wiser. Yeah. And we'll assume that everything's okay. Yeah. When you understand the concepts and kind of just to go back to the money part before we sort of conclude is a lot of us will be chasing money. Yeah. And we'll chase money so that we can buy the brands that the celebrities are wearing yeah. or have. But once you've got money and you've got that status, you no longer need to spend the money. Right. Because they'll give it to you for free. Anyway. Yeah. So the poor get themselves in debt. Yeah. To buy stuff that the people that are rich get for free. But the people that are rich get it for free. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Nope. In a binary term, that's definitely not black and white. That's just. Yeah. All types of corrupt. Mm -hmm. But that's where we just, I think we need to talk up a bit more, share stories, be honest with one another and just be kind, not just to other people but to ourselves there are times that we'll say something nice to our loved one and we'll say don't do that don't talk bad about yourself because you're beautiful you're Mm. lovely you're caring you're all of this stuff yes but i'm not that not now you're not but there's no guarantee that you won't be that in the future Mm. why don't we offer ourselves the same level of encouragement when we look in the mirror and we don't feel great why are we telling ourselves you're a loser you're this you're stupid yeah blah blah you might say it as a joke but that joke's been running for a good 1,000 plus days. Yeah. So, yep. you know, I, 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 yeah, I love everything you said. And this conversation has gone very different to how I thought it was going to go. It's not <laughs> like my normal episodes, but I don't think we have time for the second L, but I'm happy to have you back on if you want to jump on again and we can cover that. But what I'll ask you to do for the next two minutes, plug yourself and everything you've got going on for the next two minutes. The floor is yours. Oh, I don't like to talk about things before they cut, before they happen, you know. So, I, well, don't... Just, how can people find you? Okay, so people can find me on socials. I'm on Instagram, just one Tory, J U S T, the number one T O R I. Um, I have a podcast with my sister called Me and My Sister Podcast, aka Mams, M A M S. That's on all platforms. There's also, mm, can I talk about it? Yeah. So, I have a roller skate brand. 
um, called Skate Mates. On Instagram, it's S-K-A-T-E dot M-8-S. Still pretty new, still trying to find our feet with things, but there's a podcast on there as well. We do roller skate apparel for skaters of all levels. If you've got skates, then you can be part of it. And the premise is that it's open to everyone, that like you don't have to be an amazing skater to be a part of a community. You're already part of a community. And you essentially, you pick a number, you get a number that becomes your number forever. Whenever you buy apparel, you have your number on it. It's usually like custom. You get your name on the back of a t-shirt and stuff, which is really, it's really, really cool. And the website is skatemates.co.uk. S-K-A-S-K-A-S, no, skate, S-K-A-T-S, S-K-A-T, wait, wait, S-K-A-T-M-A-T-S.co.uk. Oh my God, that was hard. But yeah, I think that's, there's other things happening, other things going on, but I don't want to talk about them before they're happening. But if you follow my socials, you kind of see, oh, also I'm doing a 90 day challenge. So it's 90 days. I'm going to be creative every day for 90 days, 90 minutes per day. And my accountability is to post it on social media. So every day I post a story of what I did for that day. And yeah, it's just kind of just getting me into a, out of a creative rut. And a lot of people are doing it with me, which is really beautiful. They're doing like seven days, 10 days, which is really kind of cute. Like everyone's kind of just like using it to kind of like, it giving people permission to be themselves essentially and get them out of their comfort zones. And I think we all kind of need permission to just kind of like be. Is there anything else I've missed? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else I've missed. But yeah, that's that's it, I think. Well, greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. I'm glad to hear you say that. It's been so good. I'll pay you later. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely a different conversation than I thought it was going to be. But What I, did you think it was going to be, though? I'm really curious. My episodes have a certain pattern to it. This one <laughs> definitely went off the beat, the beaten roll. But it's not a bad thing because okay. my all my guests are individual and I'm happy about it. And I, I, I guess I'll summarise by just saying that Hearing your story and how you've been, I I honestly think there are other people out there that are going to resonate with that because the same way you've backed out of something out of fear, Mm. rightly or wrongly, however you want to call it, there are going to be other people within our circles that have probably done the same thing but haven't shared it with us out of fear, potentially, or embarrassment. embarrassment. So them being able to hear you share something like that, someone who they potentially look up to, Because like I said to you, I think you have a lot of influence in the way you inspire other people. And the fact that you're doing a 90 day challenge and people are jumping on doing maybe a day, seven days, 10 mm. days, whatever, influential. It's it's a positive thing. Don't get it wrong. It is a bit of a Spider-Man thing where, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So but ultimately, true. it's the fact that you are doing it with the right intentions and it's nice. Yeah. So you doing what you're doing and be as open as you have done. I'd like to think that people can resonate with that, can understand that sometimes you need to just be kinder to yourself. Don't just be kind to other people, but offer yourself the same level of grace, if not more, to yourself and just love yourself. And there's no harm in talking to yourself as a child if you need to, if you need to go back to that place. Because I've heard something, I'm trying to work out if I fully agree with it or not. But they say that, you grow up to be the person that you wanted in your life. That you needed. Well, I 100% agree with that. And it's something that's quite interesting. So if that is the case, keep doing what you're doing and just talk to yourself. If you don't like what you're turning into, there's no reason why you can't stop, take stock and go, I might need to pivot and turn. And if you find yourself stuck in a position where you're doing something just because of the pay packet, ask yourself this question. If your mom, if your dad, if your brother, your sister, your child, your niece, nephew, whomever they may be, if they were doing a job just for the pay packet and were miserable, what would you tell them? 
Would you tell him to keep doing it? Yeah. Or would you tell him, find another way? Yeah. Because I miss your smile. Your smile yeah. lights my candle. Oh, you're losing yourself. You're just losing yourself. You're not who you are. Exactly that. I want to say one more thing, sorry, before you go. Go for it. So there's this exercise, right, that I saw. And basically it was like, they had the two people, best friends, like best friends or sisters or whatever. And they made them write down everything about themselves. You had a piece of paper, right? And they then made them read it to the other person as if it was the other person, right? All the things you didn't like about yourself and da 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 and whatever. And read it to the other person. And most people, if not all of them, couldn't get through it. Because it was like, I would never say that to my sister or my best friend. I would never say that to them. But they're like, but you're saying it to yourself. Yeah. So like the exercise of like, if you're saying it to yourself, the thing to change yourself, would you say that to someone that you love? Your your child, your mom, your your best friend, someone, the person you love the most in your world that is the worst, it isn't you, would you actively say it to their face? Yeah. Like, and if you wouldn't, then you need to change how you talk to yourself. And that exercise has saved me for like so long, but it's so good. But yeah. And I guess we all got camera phones now, so you can pick up your phone, record yourself, give it a go. Yeah. And see what you think because... Would you send it to that person and would you send it to someone and be like, this is you. I think all these things about you. Oh my God. Crazy. It's heart-wrenching, but I'd like to think that through these stories, people are now having a better sense of themselves. I like the community that's forming and I'd like to think people continue to connect and just be in a better place. Yeah. By it all. And people like yourself sharing, I'm, I'm forever grateful. So thank you very much for jumping on. Thank you for inviting me. It's been awesome. You're welcome. In fact, you know, you're just, you're just an incredible individual. Oh, thank and you. <laughs> I just want everyone that's listening to just take heed, take away whatever you can from this episode, share it, talk to other folks with more compassion as well as yourself. And I honestly, like, if you want to come hang out, I'm usually on Instagram more so than anywhere else, but just, listen to other conversation, hear how far and wide people are where I talk to them. And the common theme is not every L's a loss. Yeah. And like we like we spoke about earlier on, sometimes the L is a loss, but you're just a few letters away from it becoming a lesson. lesson. Oh. So we'll leave it at that. I like that one. Came up with it today. Quite it's amazing. I'm gonna start using it. I'm gonna be like, this is what Matt Copyright. Brown told me. Copyright. Yeah, obviously. I'm gonna be like <laughs> From Matt Brown, but basically, I'm gonna be like, every time I've been talking, I'm be like, basically, that's Matt Brown told me, yeah, this is what he said. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Well, everyone, take care of yourself, have a great one, and I'll see you in the next one. Take it easy.